Welcome in, everyone, to the newest episode of All Things NBA from A to Z. I'm Chris Persiane, and here alongside Zach Noble, ready to take you guys through the first just about two weeks of NBA action here in this season. Still overreactions happening. Sample size is still too small, but we're getting there. Patterns developing. Sample size is growing. We're getting there slowly. And so, Zach, I thought it would be apt or keen even for us to do a little check-in. Now, you and I went over a lot of storylines in the offseason with Albert by ourselves here on the show, talking about our predictions for a lot of these teams here in this 2024 season. Let's talk about what we got wrong, what we got right so far, based on how things look so far. I always pick bad news before good news. I always pick bad news before good news. So we're going to start with stock down and I want to start with you. The first team, you're going to give me three teams that you're down on compared to before the season that these five, four to six games just at the start of the season have made you say, you know, they're worse than I thought they were going to be. And I'm comfortable saying that. Where are you at right now with your first team here? Yeah, so I didn't necessarily look at this as just me, like my predictions before the year. I looked at more so as the consensus and where the casual fan or the experts think these teams would have landed. And um, this first one is the perfect example because I was pretty low on these guys to start the year, but um, they had a great year last year. They made the NBA Finals, and a lot of people are extremely high on them. Um, the Miami Heat are my main team. The stock down right now. They're two and four. They're only two wins. I like that. Come against two pretty shitty teams, the Detroit Pistons and the Washington Wizards. And so they haven't beat anybody yet. They really, I mean, sure. You can argue the Pistons are maybe somebody to reckon with going forward, but I'm not there yet. Um, Jimmy Butler. I mean, the stock exchange, we look at it. Um, I came in with the aspect of player and team combo type of thing. And um, Jimmy Butler. I did the same thing. Funnily enough, every single one of mine is a player and a team in one pick. Love it. Perfect. Okay. So Jimmy Butler is the main culprit here because Tyler Hero, his stock is actually up. um, And he's the only one on the team, I'd say. But like Jimmy Butler, I mean, if he finishes the way he started, that's why I love early sample sizes. Um, I was down on the heat at the beginning of the year, because they're a team that could probably coast all year and um, come in as the sixth seed or the eighth seed and really do some crazy shit as they've done in the past. But um, this isn't looking good. I mean, they don't look like anything close to what they were last year. Jimmy Butler right now, though, is, like I said, the main culprit. He's averaging 17 points a game off terrible efficiency. Seven rebounds is good, um, but he's down to only three assists. And his shooting splits are 40, 33, and 83 from the line's pretty good. But like his attempts are way down. He's just doesn't look engaged out there. Just looks like he's showing up to play the basketball game and doesn't really give a shit what happens from there. So um, I hope Tyler Hero gets some support because I do like Jimmy Butler when he's grinding and balling. But I'm really low on the Miami Heat right now. Hey, man, I know they've got that last year playoff, you know, like run to their name. Right. But I'm with you. I I don't have their stock down because this is what I thought Mm -hmm. would happen. So I kind of did my predictions um, and I don't have their stock down because this, you know, I had the heat as the seven seed this year. I I wasn't looking for 
uh, you know, a gigantic start to the season from them. In fact, this the start just kind of backs up where I was at. Uh, I don't want to confirm any biases this early in the season, so that's why I'm just leaving it alone. You know, for sure. Um, yeah, we're both I looking ch- right on them. That's I cool. try. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I tried to do ones that I was wrong on or that I think I'll be right on. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, my first stock down, man, is pretty easy. He was one for nine from three against the Milwaukee mm. Bucks in the first ever in-season tournament game. Um, eight, 82 for 248 is 33% over his last 17 games, including the playoffs. That's per Stefan Bondi of the New York Post. This is Julius Randle, folks. He's having a really rough season. Two-time All-NBA in the last three years and looks like at the start of this season, like, you know, he's at Patrick Williams' stage of his career where he's still a young player, still got a lot of potential, still got a lot to learn. You got to, got to, got to just be willing to pass if you can't get a shot to go. Um, it's really simple stuff. And and I think Julius Randle struggled with that early this season. I think he's struggling coming off of an injury and a big-time recovery, living up to that level of comfortability he had in his athleticism last season. Um, but I think he's letting it leak into his play. I think he's he's having a tough time on the defensive end, moving on time, and he's letting that affect his offense. I think he's letting all his offense – and not making shots affect his defensive effort. Overall, it's just not great, and it's leading to the Knicks playing a lot of isolation basketball, um, a lot of slow possessions, not resulting in points. They're playing decent defense. They're atop the league right now. Not atop, but they're at the top of the league, one of the top spots in defensive rating to start the season. They just can't score the basketball, and I think the main culprit, if you you want, I want to use your phrasing here, would be Julius Randle. So my first stock down is an easy one. It's Julius Randle and New York Knicks. I had them as a three seed coming into the year, and they don't look like they're playing like a top four team in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference to start this very early 2024 NBA season. Man, I definitely wanted to save that one for you so you could go in on them and with the inside track, but <clears throat> I can't think of anybody whose stock is at actually lower than Julius's right now. Um, it's the lowest field goal percentage since 1959 through six games. Uh, if that doesn't tell you anything, and he's number five in post-up possessions in the league right now. Like, <laughs> they, and you can't blame anybody else on the Knicks, I don't think. I, I mean, I've watched, I think, four or five full games of them, uh, maybe more, but that's being conservative there, and it just looks like Julius Randle from three years ago with inefficiencies. Um, that Julius Randle is way more efficient than this one. Um, they can't even trade this guy right now. So he, he's shooting hope- 7% at the rim. You got to think that this is going to even out just a tad, man. Yeah, no, it's a great early sample size. And how much of that injury do you think is impacting him? Though? I think he's one of those guys that will never say it. He'll never let you know that it is. If someone with that high of a usage is going to be a poor defender, they better be really good on offense. And Randall's having an all-time bad offensive performance to start the season. It's all going poorly right now. Nothing is justifying it. It's a it's a really bad self-destructive cycle going on right now. Something's just got to give a turn and a flip of the switch and a snap into all-NBA mode. Yeah, the worst part is he doesn't change his game when shit's going the wrong way. He just keeps playing through it and thinks it's – gonna just take over i mean it that doesn't work like that especially 
it can. You got other players and rolling. the reason for that, I think, comes down to the kind of shot selection you're looking at. So Randall is built like somebody who would have not that volatile of a shot diet. A lot of inside looks, a lot of driving looks, a lot of battering ram looks, right? Zach Randolph style. The thing is, Randall likes to play like a like a wing forward, you know? So he likes to play outside. He likes to dance on the perimeter. He likes to have people slide in those puppies mm-hmm. with him out on the left or right wing, especially that left wing. You know, I think with Julius, with his shot diet being so volatile due to the high amount of long-distance shots that he takes, he's either really on or he's really off. And I think that was demonstrated perfectly within games last season. Uh, the most three-pointers made in first quarters of anyone in the NBA, I think more than Steph Curry per first quarter. But then after that, you know, obviously he wasn't atop the league in, in three-pointers made per game. So it really got rough after that. Uh, he was someone who really excelled at the start of games last year. And then when the game slowed down and the effort picked up defensively from the other side, he he couldn't hang as well. I, I'm not saying he's not an all-star level player. I do think that there are a lot of all-star level players, players out there that require specific tailorings to their you know surrounding environments on the court randall seems to require a lot of those the knicks have tried a whole lot of different things and i know thibodeau you know doesn't like to go small but that wouldn't help the rebounding right so i I just think that at some point something's got to give with randall himself whether it's his effort or thibodeau's willingness to endure it yeah i don't think um the knicks like are playing bad as a team outside of randall i think everybody's playing fine besides maybe Emmanuel quickly could shoot the ball a little better. He's been I mean, great. He's, he's, he's got a good right. shooting this season. No, he's that's, been great. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like I can't really pick anybody out. That's not playing up to par. You could say or, I, if someone, you want to question yeah. someone's shooting, I would go DiVincenzo and I would just say, well, it's a new spot. You know, he's still he, playing hard. Yeah, I feel he's, like, still, he's still playing good. So it's crazy to be able to pinpoint just one player. So obviously like that. And you can't say, um, like there's people like Kevin O'Connor that just like to rush to conclusions or whatnot saying you can't win with Julius Randle. Well, they won last year. They made it to the second round um, with him being the one B or the two for sure on that team. And uh, yeah, you have a clear, you have a clear ceiling. Like it's not very high, but like they need Julius Randle to figure shit out, whether it's to trade him or to get this team going in the right direction. But um, anyways, uh, my next one is not necessarily the team on this one. I'm focusing on two players. Um, it's the Houston Rockets, but the two players are Jalen Green right now um, and Fred Van Vliet. Yes, Fred's had a couple good games, and he's had mostly bad ones overall. And this team doesn't look like they're well coached. It still looks like Silas is running this, and Jalen Green hasn't taken a step at all yeah I know it's a slow start a lot of new moving pieces I'm hoping it's a early sample size because they've looked better the last few games but um, that's why it's a stock exchange they're going to go up and they're going to go down throughout the year but right now they're down for me Um, I know it's going to take time acclimating everybody Dylan Brooks has been really good Uh, but these two guys who I expected to be really good this year for this team have not been like it's been Kind of ugly, honestly. Jalen Green doesn't look like an NBA starter right now. A lot of people out there, if they were doing this, would need to have Dylan Brooks on stock up. Um, I, I like that signing for Houston. I thought they were putting their cap space somewhere productive while being a young, developing team. But I always thought they had to acknowledge from the start that they weren't going to be good. 
And I remember telling you on, in our Western Conference preview that they were not going to be a fun team to watch this season, despite having some fun young talent. Um, he did. And I told you Van Vliet was going to be doing a lot of, of shooting. He's actually impressed me. He's the guy that has, has maybe has impressed what? me most on the Rockets. He's dishing the rock. He's finding teammates, and he's dishing the rock a better deal than I thought he would, more than I thought he would. Um, Jalen Green, definitely unimpressive. Definitely, you know, again, if you're a scorer and you're not bringing scoring to the game at a consistent and efficient rate, then you really need to be bringing it in other regards. I think it's possible for someone who can't score to always bring it in those other regards and get minutes. If you can score and you can't bring it in those other regards and you're not making shots, you got to sit. So it's been tough with Jalen so far. I like these picks from you, but I also like the caveat that, you know, JG or Fred, either one or both could very well be on the other side of this coin. Yeah, I'll give you that he's averaging a lot of assists and I didn't recognize realize how high it was at 8.8, but like, He's dishing the rock. I've watched probably three of their five, six games. And I just think it comes from having the ball, you know, and being the last guy to touch it before a basket goes in type of thing. Like, it doesn't look fluid to me. It doesn't, like, it's not a, they're not valid assists in my opinion yet. But, like, I expect Fred Van Vliet to be a much better shooter and score for this team as they need him to be. I get what you're saying. I don't know if I, like, the term valid assist we'll debate this another time <laughs> um i just that's that's what i'm getting at from watching him but i mean i could i could be wrong it could be just playing out right now and i could be trying to nitpick um a team that's going through it but yeah he's had 12 11 and 12 assists in games so um it takes a lot to have those type of numbers too i mean they're it's hard to say those numbers aren't valid. I get it, but yeah, um, that's I know, but I say, I make that assist point about Halliburton all the time that, you know, he had the high assist average last season, but a lot of those are schemed up. He can create those on his own, but he doesn't. And he, he gets them schemed up a lot of the time. And I think that um, people just have, have a tough time telling the difference when there there's no need to even like discredit him for it. If you want to look at it that way, listen, my next stock down, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot right off yours. I got a scorer that wears a red jersey too, man. Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls. Mm. Welcome to the list. This has not been pretty so far this season, Zach. 41% from the field, and that's being nice and rounding up for Levine. 31.5% from three. He's averaging 22 points, four and a half rebounds, and two assists. One stock and the earliest players-only meeting in NBA history for the Chicago Bulls, Billy Donovan. Um, just things are not going well over there. Things are not going swimmingly to start. I didn't like this core when it was put together. I was in on it this year as a core that would finally gel and finally reach its its best point Um, in terms of on-court product. Zach Levine and the Bulls have not been good. Free Alex Caruso, man. Get him to Sacramento. Uh, um, Get him to Sacramento or some team like that that will let him play free and play fun. Um. Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls disappointed me a lot. Levine had a 19 for 33 game where he had 51 points against the Detroit Pistons. He follows it up two days later by going six for 17 against the Pacers. One for six from three, one assist, 23 points in 36 minutes on 17 shots. You know, it's just, it's kind of tough, man. It's kind of tough. 
Um, yesterday, you know, we're, we're, we are recording November 5th. On November 4th, he played the Denver Nuggets, scored 12 points on four for 12 shooting. It's tough, man. This is a tough start to the season. So Levine and the Bulls, number two for me, especially the Bulls, you know, that tough start to the season record-wise, they are two and five. That's ugly. Um, that's where I'm at on that. So I'm a big Zach Levine guy, obviously. And yeah, uh, you're dead right on this. I mean, it's a lot like Dame where one game is holding up his entire counting stats in that 51. And he was still a minus eight in that game. Uh, but yeah, the bulls are looking pretty bad right now overall. And honestly, I think you got to sell high sooner than later before um, too many of these guys get exposed here. Um, and they're, their stock, actual stocks go down uh, um, around the league. But, yeah, um, Zach Levine, man, I just – you would think after three years, though, him and DeRozan would be a little more <laughs> cohesive. And just – I don't know why. I don't know how they haven't figured this out. I, I mean, it's Billy Donovan to me uh, more than anything, but, like, I just don't know if Zach ever wanted to be paired with DeMar. You know, it, it just seems like there's so much pushback that he's not, like, enjoying playing basketball right now. And it, it's forcing it, like, himself to get up um, game in and game out. So that's that's what worries me about Zach Levine and um, teams trying to trade for him, too. It's like, well, what are they actually getting here? I mean, I'm a firm believer that he is – more of a winning guy than people make him out to be. But I mean, stats say otherwise with this guy. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate because I do want to see him on a team that I think he truly enjoys being on and can get excited for every game. But yeah, it's a lot of wasted talent right now in Chicago. Um, I hope they figure it out sooner than later, but I'm looking really wrong on Zach Levine and it's been that way for He's a having years. A, a Julius Randall-esque start to the season where the talent's there, the opportunities there offensively, and just the plays that are being made are not conducive to sharing the ball or winning basketball. And yes, these guys get four or five assists in a game all the time because they have the ball so much and they're going to make that right read a couple times a game. But man, is it is it tough watching these two play to start the season given the amount of offensive opportunity they get and, and what they've translated that into. Um your third stock down team. Yeah. So this is kind of a cop out, but it needs to be said. I mean, for me, it's very obvious. It's the Phoenix suns. Oh. Um, basically the sole fact that Bradley Buell hasn't suited up for one game yet. And Devin Booker's only played in two. Their whole salary cap is in these three players right now. And they need them to be great immediately. <laughs> they like, there's, there's no excuses right now. And it's, it's really concerning because KD is doing everything he can right now, and it's just not enough. Um, he's Eubanks. Eubanks started the second half over Nurkic the other day. You see that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not a good sign either. Where's I Dwayne mean, if at? You're, if you're if you're relying on Eubanks uh, to hold you up, that's that's never good either. Yeah, you got Nurkic shooting thirty eight percent from the field, twenty five percent from three off decent attempts. The bench is looking pretty abysmal, too. I mean, outside of Grayson Allen, I mean, Eric Gordon's shooting 33% from three. Um, they're not diving too far into the bench, to be honest. Um, it starts dwindling at uh, number six. Like, 
their minutes are really weird right now. Um, I just think they need to spread it out more. They got to figure out these lineups. I don't know if Vogel's the guy for a team that's needing perfect offense, you know, in order to win games. Uh, their defense, sure, if it's a top 15, it might be able to get them somewhere. And, I mean, it, it is right now. It's definitely they did a top the- they did the football thing of giving a bunch of offensive talent to a defensive minded coach. And you know, it should be over Michigan state, man. You know, they, they did the football thing that teams love to do where they get all the offensive talent and playmakers and they go, all right, well, defensive minded coach, will get these guys playing hard. They'll figure it all out. This will go well. So they need, they need Mike McDaniels, man. They need Mike McDaniels getting (laughs) weird out there. Um, Who's your third Third stock down right now. I thought this is where you were going when you said this was easy, but uh, you were kind of more here on them than I was before the season. The Memphis Grizzlies are my stock. Yeah, I was higher on them for sure. I had them winning 15 to 17 of their first 25 games without John Morant and being a solid team that just went out there and and just kept things low scoring and and put some points up. Desmond Bain, I thought Zaire Williams would get some production in and, and, They've been really bad. They have been really, really bad. Um, there, there's not much that I can say is like exciting me about the Memphis Grizzlies right now. The return of John Morant is going to be really big for them. I, I, I thought they should get themselves in a position and they could get themselves in a position where it would be the added boost they needed instead of what they need to win a basketball game. They are 0-6 at the time we're recording this. This is an easy pick for me and a quick explanation. Yeah, it needed to be talked about. I mean, this is the t- last team to win a game of basketball right now. And they're not like, it's not that they're not playing hard. They're working their ass off grinding. And that's the problem here. Like they can't close one game out of seven. Now it's looking like they had a big lead going into the second half of their seventh game. And you're, you're looking to choke it away right now um, to a young and not so good Blazers team. It's just like, what are they going to do here? Cause they're going to be out of the playoff picture before we know it. Um, do you start trying to blow this team up or do you just play it out? Because I mean, they do. I mean, they do have some guys like that. I mean, probably are worth something on a, I don't know. I just don't know where to go with this team because it's set up for, a long run of building this chemistry and keeping this core together. I think you obviously keep Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., but everybody else, it's like, do the pieces really fit? And that's what I'm trying to figure out. I need to see John in the mix. Uh, I I love the idea. Of, I was just about to say, how do things look when Moran is back? Because that's everything. It is. It is. But last year, like, here's the thing. Last year, they were really good without Ja. The last few years, they've been really good without Ja. So what what happened? They, they Tyus let Tyus Jones, go. Is that really the is that really the separator? He's really good, um, but I don't think he's some you know difference maker where like your record's changing by so many wins. I just think the Grizzlies have long been an underrated like locker room tire fire, <clears throat> um, a team where you know guys go and and kind of just hoop. Um, I'm not sure that they've had the best set of happenings there, you know, past the John Morant stuff, um, just overall. So 
yeah, you know, I'm I'm not super surprised here at all. Um, this is a front office that like voluntarily turned what was it, Melton and several first round picks and all that stuff into smart. <laughs> um, and that's kind of it. I forget what the full extent of the trade is. Someone just posted it the other day and it was not it didn't look good for them. Um I, I just can't I can't justify this all of the moves that the front office has made they the grizzlies replaced melton wasn't in that trade man no i know i'm saying long in the long in the last two off seasons they've they've gotten rid of jones melton brooks and kyle anderson for smart danny green roddy um i know adams got hurt right but they took zaire williams over trey murphy no one talks about that because it's Memphis and they draft amazing and perfect. So you, you can't criticize any of their misses. Um, but like, I don't know, man, this is a team that's in a tough spot. They just gave Bain a really big contract. Um, they've well, got he's a lot been of, great. Uh, yes, he's been very good. but they're in a situation where you kind of think they should be a little better than, oh, and six. So um, obviously some stuff to iron out. Uh, we'll see again, very early, but this is not, not a pretty start at all. Absolutely. Let's move some bright spots here. Let's get let's get a little happy. I hate being Mr. Negative all the time around this joyous start of the basketball season. But um, I'm starting off the bat here with the Orlando Magic. Um, I was really high on them before the year and they haven't disappointed. I mean, the only thing you could really nitpick about the Magic right now is Paulo. I mean, has been up and down. He's been very inconsistent, but with that, they're still four and two right now. Um, the bright spots outweigh any negative with Paulo. Um, 17, six, five. I mean, those are solid with good efficiency, but like, I want to see him closer to 20, like ASAP. I want to see his three point percentage get closer to league average and He's got to be a better rebounder, but the team is pretty deep from a rebounding perspective, I think. Um, they're just balanced, that is. And they got a lot of grinders, got a lot of hustlers. I think they're gelling. I think they're a well-connected team right now. And um, they could be a team that's just taken, like, the past Orlando Magic teams that take advantage of all the good teams when they're bad early on and um, that sort of thing. And that's reason why I believe in this one is because I believe in the talent here. I believe in the coach. I just think it's going to work out, but their talent isn't proving to be like some world beater yet. I mean, Franz is very inefficient right now. Um, they just look solid and they, the depth is there for me, but um, I'm going to give them their credit while they, while they earned it. That's why their stocks up. They're four and two right now, third in the East, but Again, Orlando Magic do this very often for a long time. So be wary, my friends. Hey, man, they were third on my list, but they're in my stock up as well. And I didn't put a player. I just put the whole young core. If, if I had to single someone out um, for stock up, it wouldn't be a personal stock up pick because I was already high on this guy coming into this year. Jalen Suggs, you and I spoke about this with Albert. Um this season, really bad field goal percentage, really bad three-point percentage, but it's 10 points, it's five and a half rebounds, it's two and a half assists, it's two and a half stocks, really good defense, really high-quality defense. 
Um, I think this guy's kind of like a decent symbol for this team right now. Someone whose numbers aren't the prettiest, but is just going out there playing really hard, showing some improvements on on some ends of the court, one end of the court pretty much. Defense showing a lot, a lot there, and he has shown a lot, but he's been really good on that end this season. Um, I don't know how I feel about Mosley yet, man. I I need to see this Magic team get good, and then evaluate him from there. I don't know if they're like straight up good yet. Um, but you know, you were higher on them than me coming into the season. I'm kind of catching up to where you had them before the season, which is like that seven, eight spot. And I yep. think you're even higher on them now, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm still not like, I'm not sky higher high on no, them. I'll tell you that. All right, I'll tell you that because you know why is because I don't value early great defense. I just don't like they're number two or number three, wherever you want to have them right now, from a defensive rating standpoint, but like. The offense early on is more important to me uh, because I think that's what sticks. I think that's what's needed. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Like if it was reversed where there was offense was great and the defense was terrible and they were four and two right now, I'd be way higher than them than I am Um, because I believe there's a lot of inefficient players on this team to begin with. So that's what I'm looking for to improve. And as everybody else in the league, starts getting more comfortable into the season they'll be getting more efficient because usually in the beginning of the year like your jimmy butlers your dames that we mentioned your zach levines they'll figure it out they're vets they know what they're doing and so magic got to figure their offense out and mostly we know he can coach defense um we're just worried about the offensive side of the ball to be honest memphis oh and six currently down 98 to 90 to the Blazers oh with seven God. minutes to go. So Memphis definitely on my list. Um, yeah, man. Next up, I got the Clippers because of their acquisition of James Harden. You know, I was super Fair. high on the Clippers. This was kind of a consensus pick. Now I think people are catching up to where I was at on the Clippers. Now that they've got James Harden, I'm probably close to as high on them now as I was before, because I kind of just assumed before that they were getting Harden, Um, but that, that paid off. So, Hey man, we'll see how it goes. I was the first out of anyone to report that Harden would be making his debut with the Clippers tomorrow, November 6th at Madison square garden. So, uh, that a boy. Check that out because that should be a fun one. Harden at the garden. He always has a lot of fun. Put up 61 one time, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mellow 62, his career high, and the garden high. Uh, second place, James Harden, James Garden. Um, bad puns aside, the Clippers are going to be really good. Westbrook's going to start with the ball in his hand. Harden can initiate second actions. Kawhi and Paul George are go-to scorers. I really think if this team sets up a good flow chart for themselves in terms of offensive priorities, that they can be really good and throw a lot of different looks at other teams in the playoffs. It's about that scheme versatility. Always being able to throw different successful looks at teams is really important. It's what gets you through round after round. They got the film on you. What else do you got? Um, give me the Clippers. Give me Westbrook, Harden, George, Leonard, Ty Lu. I'm going in on this team. I'm going down as buying in on this team. We'll see if I get scorned, or rather, we'll see how soon I get scorned. Love it. Love it. I didn't even include them because we've already touched on them. I want to touch on new teams, but, yeah, I'm all about everything you just said there. 
for me, it's hard to put a player who's on a two and four team. However, he's a very young player and he just deserves his props right now. He's starting to make the leap and that's Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Uh, just let a 22 point comeback. Uh, he's doing it all. He's showing his ceiling that everybody, not everybody, but like people that thought he was worthy of that high of a draft pick um did and i think he's here to stay um in the fourth quarter comeback uh he had 17 points two blocks two steals he's the third in the last 10 seasons uh 10 years with at least 15 points along with multiple blocks and steals in a fourth quarter uh joins lebron and oddly enough carmelo anthony in that regards but um he's just doing some amazing stuff across the board He's shooting 42% from three, which is super efficient for him. That was the one area, like, I wanted to see him take a huge leap. And he's up to 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, six assists, two blocks, and a steal. Like, the dude does it all. Uh, he's running the point guard position quite often. He's bringing the ball up the court. And I just don't see a cap right now on this guy. It's just... Can he lead this team to more wins? Because that's going to be super important. And a third year in the NBA, like, yeah, I'm starting to expect more wins coming out of him. Yes, the team isn't great overall around him, but I expected them to be better than they are right now. And with him playing this good, they got to be winning more games for those stats to not be empty. But he's definitely done it in some wins. So, Scotty Barnes, I'm I'm buying. I, I'm buying all the stock right now before it gets too hot. He deserves the props. We talked about with Grange before the season on the Raptors preview show. The Raptors are going to do anything this year. They need a leap from Scotty. They got it. That's crazy. I was like, that's not happening. They seem to have got it. Everyone else needs to catch up. <laughs> they got the one thing I thought they wouldn't have that they needed, and everything else is almost like falling apart as the cost of it. Um, pretty interesting, pretty fascinating. We'll see how it ages, right? This is a weird Toronto team. They have like some talent. Is it enough? Does it fit right? We'll see. I love that you brought him up. I love that you gave him his flowers. He's had a great start to the season. He needed that for sure. I had to give someone else flowers who's a young player, even younger than Scotty. Younger and not than only, Scottie. not only on the court has he been tasked with a ridiculous amount of responsibility. But I think, like, organizationally, to a fan base, this guy, a lot of people think that the MVP case of Luka Doncic, that the championship hopes of Kyrie and Luka hinge on if Derek Lively can be a starting center in the NBA. This kid is a rookie, true freshman at Duke, comes out in the NBA draft, gets taken by the Mavericks, and... He's playing really good basketball. He's looked really, really good. And when you look at Derek Lively and what he's done for this Dallas team, I think it's a matter of, like, will he sustain this into the playoffs? I, I think the playoffs become something that's going to happen for Dallas. I think that's something they can look forward to if they keep playing. It becomes can, can Lively translate it to the playoffs? No, completely with you. Um, Luca's looking like the early MVP, uh, pretty obviously right now. It's just, do they have enough outside of him to keep winning these games? And I think they could be kind of like the Orlando Magic, a team that's a big time regression candidate coming up. But, but I 
was surprisingly really high on them before the year just because I believe they're a team that's going to win a lot of regular season games. I'm buying all the hype, but I didn't. I wasn't that confident in that pick either, and I made that very clear, but we'll see if it lasts. That's what I'm looking out for because I know Lucas' stats are going to last. It's just will the wins be enough to keep them number one in the MVP race? So my next and third stock up uh, candidate here, which there's a couple guys I wanted to mention. Um, a lot of young guys uh, that are just showing off their goods early, and that's what's fun in these early sample sizes. Their stats are going to definitely regress. But one guy whose stock is going to be up, and it's only going up from here, is yours truly from Minnesota, Chad Holmgren. Um, he's not the Slim Reaper that everybody's talking about in Victor. Everybody's talking about Victor, but Chad, on the other hand, is looking very polished for a rookie. Very, very polished, and he's leading to wins. I mean, I'm not saying Shea's having that down of a year, but like he's not the world beater right now. He was last year, and I mean, he's another guy that um, is just off to a, a semi-slow start. Will be incredible towards the end of the year, but uh, Chet, 17-8 efficiently right now. I think he's exactly what they need. It's just, is he going to be big enough defensively once things get more physical and they need the big body against Jokic, AD, um, that I still don't believe in whatsoever. But like Chet's everything they imagined and more so far early. I mean, shooting 56% from three off really good attempts. The guy is doing everything that you can imagine for rookie of the year. He's going to give Victor a run all year. I truly believe that. Uh, how close do you think that race is? And is there any holes right now in Chet's game, in your opinion, outside of size? Yeah, so that that's it, man. It's you got to think about what his responsibilities are going to be in that crunch time basketball down the line. Um, I think there's something to that Porzingis role, being a really good basketball player, and just impacting the team, doing what you're best at, hitting threes, protecting the rim, switching on defense. I think there's something to that. I think that would be, you know, Chris Trapps, Porzingis is really good. And I think Chet can be even more mobile, even more skilled on the ball than him. If you want to talk about a, a hole in the game or whatever, I still think it's really early. Um, you can always point to defense. There's always room for defensive improvement, especially, you know, you look at Chet and his responsibilities in OKC. Yeah, he could be handling them better. It's also a lot for a young guy. And, you know, yeah, he's polished. He had that year last year to kind of sit and learn, but there's still something to doing it on the court. So you're right. Yeah, he is a rookie. Um, can't expect too much from him, especially on the defensive end where experience and reps, live ball reps are really, really huge. Uh, just excited to see Chet continue to grow. I think the Thunder were a sneak candidate for stock up for me. Wasn't as high on them as a lot of people were coming into this season. I think Chet's translated really nicely, um, especially as a fit next to their other guys. Like Josh Giddy looks really good now with all these other guys playing some good basketball. Giddy's not someone who I'm super high on in a vacuum, but is really, really fitting in great as part of this OKC team. So it's all coming together for them. Just got to see them continue to grow and, I think they're kind of in a even more hesitant situation than the Knicks where it's like, hey, this team still has the ammo. 
So, you know, you can criticize them. You can say they're missing something. They are going to take the big swing at some point and be a whole different animal. So OKC is one of those teams where you kind of get to enjoy them for what they are right now because you know what's coming. And they've got a lot of great young talent. You look at Giddy, Williams, Williams, Dort, not so young, but someone who's kind of playing that like vet slot in three and D role for them. Shea, not so young anymore, but pretty young still. And one of the top advantage creators in the NBA, he's kind of got to get back to his game a little bit too, but I love this pick from you. I, I think it's a good one. And I think that rookie of the year race that you brought up, I think it's one of those situations where mid season, two thirds of the way through the season, the Chet hype starts to pick up. People get a little fatigued of Wemby. Got to, man. And then Wemby at the end of the year goes on one of those tears where it's like, oh, crap. He figured out NBA basketball and he'll remind everyone who he's the rookie of the year. He's going to win the award. He's going to take it home. It's not going to be close at the end of the year. I do think every every bit of the way from two-fifths of the way through the season to four-fifths of the way through the season, that 40 to 80% of the way through this. Like, I think around there, Chet makes it pretty close. I just want to make it very clear right now. Like Chet's been better than Wemby outside of that 38 point game. Like that's the thing that's separating him and all the hype Wemby brings. Obviously Chet didn't have that hype coming in, but Chet has absolutely been better. He hasn't turned the ball over nearly as much. Um, that comes with the height of Wemby as well. He's trying to figure that, that dribble out, which is really difficult. It's, kind of fun to watch guys just pick them like incredibly easy right now. And it'll be a good learning lesson, but Chet's looking way better defensively. I mean, he's making smart reads, smart shots. He's doing it all. And honestly, usage is a big difference in the two, but Chet's Chet's doing everything you could imagine and more like from rookie Chet and what you'd expect from him in this role. Like you compare him to rookie Evan Mobley. Yeah. Winning player there as well. Evan Mobley was a complete winner coming in, but he didn't do shit offensively like what Chet's doing. And he's just doing it on a very high level. So um, just trying to compare him to guys that are similar in, in size, but also um, had a lot of hype coming in because Mobley had a ton of hype coming in and, I mean, Mobley, I mean, a big part of that, I'm going to tell you, is because of um, the situation he's in, too, just with all the stack talent around him and hasn't been uh, the biggest fit for him to blossom. But that would be my three in the stock exchange. Um, Ma- the Mavs with Lively, the Clippers with Harden, Orlando with their young core, just impressing. I don't even think offensively, besides that dope-ass crossover from Paolo, um, but they're impressing defensively <laughs> a dope. lot. So. You know, yeah, to sum up for me, Randall, Knicks, Levine, Bulls, Memphis, uh, stock down, Mavs and Lively, hit Clippers and Harden, Orlando, their young core, stock up. Um, that's it for me, man, through these first one and a half to two weeks of this NBA season. Check it's been fun. Here. It's been fun for sure. Any final what's, notes from you before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I want to know what's your early take on the in-season tournament because I think guys are actually playing pretty hard that – the game's been fun. They've been a lot of close games. I think they um, were going to be say... playing. I don't, I think they're playing hard because it's the start of the regular season and they've got to set a yeah. tone. I don't think there's a single player playing harder because it's the in season tournament. 
I'm not, not willing to not say one. That no, I'm not willing. I'm not willing to say that yet. But I do think I want. I want to. I'm. I'm the guy that puts out hope there that it, there's there's a little reasoning behind it because I don't think games this early in the season have been this exciting in the past. I really don't. Um, I'm not saying the talent is playing up to par. You got guys like Butler, Shea, and uh, Dame, and people trying to figure things out yet. And um, but there's context between that too. There are guys that are coming out really good as well, but um, I think it's only going to get better. I think, I think, I hope they start really showing that these, each game matters and uh, we get a really good in-season tournament because I'm, I'm buying it. It could be great. And I'm not, I'm not selling the in-season tournament just yet. It sounds like you may be. I never had the stock, but if I did, I'd be holding <laughs> it. I'd be holding it too waiting for that final, final matchup, seeing how it goes. We'll keep you covered on that end and on all things NBA from A to Z here on our show presented by Ball is Life. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thumbs up the video. Put post notifications on when you subscribe so you don't miss a post. Rate us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. And stick with us on Twitter, here on YouTube, or wherever you're listening to us. We've got you covered on all things NBA. See you next time.